All right, welcome to another edition of Stuck in Misery, the premier Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guys, Sam Renshin and James West. And fellas, before we get into this wild card weekend, I just want to wish both of you a happy new year. It's, it's been a while since we last recorded. Absolutely. Happy, happy new year. year. It's good to be back, fellas. First one of the new year, you know, we kind of had an extended break, you know, taking some time to ourselves, rejuvenate, come back with better ideas for this year, you know, to only give our listeners a better product. Uh, that's one of my goals for 2021 about is, you know, kind of take that next step as a podcast. And I uh, hope you guys are on board with that. So I'm excited. Oh, oh, Sammy, we're on board. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're very on board. And speaking of people who are still on rest, the Packers and the Chiefs get a first round bye as the one seed in both the AFC and NFC, respectively. And guys, I saw this stat about Aaron Rodgers. He finished the regular season with 48 touchdown passes, and the Packers only punted 46 times this season. So they'll get to sit back, put their feet up, rest and relax, and watch this wild card weekend. Sam, I want to start with you for the Saturday slate of games. You've got Colts at Buffalo, Rams at Seattle, Bucks at Washington. Of those three games, which do you think is the most exciting if you had to pick between one of the three? We're going to go through all of them, but if you could only watch one, where would you start? You know, Mark, I think uh, I'd definitely go Buffalo Bills versus Indianapolis Colts. And I think it's just mainly because Josh Allen. He's on fire right now. And along with that whole Buffalo offense, they kind of breeze through the, the last half of their season and really going into the playoffs as, you know, super hot, similar that they did last year. I remember them going in that playoff game last year and, you know, they're playing well. But I say that because I think in the playoffs, it's going to be a completely new game. And there's a lot of pressure on Buffalo this year because they don't want another repeat that would happen last year. But I think, you know, I'm looking for Josh Allen to maybe take that next step as that franchise QB and getting that first playoff win under his belt. And then, you know, just I'm excited to see the reaction from Bill's mafia. If that were to happen um, in, I think it's going to be a close game. A lot of people are, are kind of, you know, sleeping on the Colts. I mean, the Colts, they played Steelers well, the last, the last game. And I don't think it's going to be an easy matchup for Buffalo at all. So I think that's going to be a very good game. I like the Bills in that game, and I'm rooting for the Bills. We'll see. That's definitely the game on, I'm circling on my calendar for Saturday. For Saturday, Sammy, I, I completely agree with you. I think Josh Allen is the reason is the reason why I think that's the game to watch. Also, it's just the best matchup out of all of them, in, in my opinion. I think you really hit on it. Like Josh Allen is all types of, of hot right now. He's making throws. He really took a huge step forward this year. But for whatever reason, I feel like – the difference maker is going to be Josh Allen and, and his ability to run the ball in this game. You know, Colt, the Colts are a solid team. And I think, you know, plays in a breakdown, Josh Allen's going to spring a big one or get a rushing touchdown in some way. And I think that that's going to be uh, a big difference maker in this game. So that's kind of my bold prediction for Saturday and, uh, and this Colts-Bills matchup. James, I'm going to piggyback off that. And I think that's especially important considering the success that the Colts have running the football with rookie running back Jonathan Taylor finished the regular season third in the league in rushing with 1,169 yards. Now, going back to Josh Allen, guys, I've got to give a shout out to the Stuck in Misery Research Department because 
at the start of the year, before the season started, I was not very high on Josh Allen at all, but for good reason. He had below a 60% completion percentage coming into this season. He's now at nearly 70% completion percentage. He's been playing great football, and I think that's also a compliment of what head coach Sean McDermott has done in Buffalo. And so they've got these guys as hot as any team coming into the playoffs, having won six consecutive games all by at least 10 points. So there's not a hotter team headed into wildcard weekend. And I'll say this, if we're going to get to the picks now, I will take the bills to cover that at minus six and a half at home against the Colts on Saturday. Yeah. You, you know, my pick, I, I would take, the Bills minus six and a half. However, I mean, that's tough. Like I said, I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm already going with Buffalo. The spread's going to be coming down to the last possession, I think. And hopefully Buffalo wins this one. Yeah, I uh, I have Buffalo winning, but not covering. Okay. No, I, I do want to point out one thing, because uh, I was thinking about this today. So Buffalo at the number two seed, they would have had the bye and they would have already been in the next next round of the playoffs. But then I'm kind of thinking like, okay, well, if they would have had the bye, they would have had to probably play either Steelers or Titans or Ravens. I would say one of the more powerhouse teams in uh, the AFC. So I'm thinking maybe this could work out better for the Bills to get that two, like that kind of tune-up game or kind of get their feet wet with a Colts opponent that it's not – like I said, they're, they're a good team, but I wouldn't compare them to uh, Steelers or Ravens that I think have more firepower under them. So this could work out two ways. You know, the, the Bills, they probably like to have that buy, but it might not be, it might be, you know, I guess a better situation, a decent situation for them now that they have this game to kind of warm up, I, I, I guess. Sam, that's an excellent point because it's something like 19 of the last 22 Super Bowls that have been played feature at least one team that had a bye week. So the two teams, like we mentioned off the top between the Chiefs and the Packers, if history is any indication, at least one of those teams will make the Super Bowl. But that was also with a different playoff format where the top two seeds in each conference would get a bye week. Obviously, this season, it's one team per conference and then seven teams each get in instead of six. But I think that's really important. That's something from a big picture standpoint, I'm going to be watching throughout this playoff season. We will move on to Rams against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks will be at home open as a four point favorite. Now, the Seahawks have won six of their last seven and they absolutely crushed the Rams, their opponent in the wild card round just two weeks ago. I also think a key guy coming back from the Rams from an offensive standpoint is Cooper Cup. Sam, I, uh, <laughs> I know your beloved Rams here are the underdog. And one of the big questions coming in is whether Jared Goff will be healthy in his health coming into this game. But even if he does come back and if the Rams have to start their backup, I just look at this one straight up as a quarterback matchup. And are you really going to bet against Russell Wilson in this one? I'm going to take the Seahawks at home. Oh yeah, you, you kind of stole my thunder there. I don't think it matters if Jared Goff plays or not. I still, I still think Seattle will win, and I still think they'll they'll cover that spread. That that spread kind of surprised me a little bit. I saw it at three point five today, and I think that's a little low. I, I think Seattle will be able to cover that spread. I think Vegas is probably giving the Rams defense a lot of credit. I mean, 
they shut down DK Metcalf both times that they played them this year. And I think they're kind of banking on this being a low scoring game, but I think that there's a flip that or the, a, a switch that Russ can, can flip in the playoffs. And we've seen it before time, time again, that he's just a different animal when he, when he plays in the playoffs. And uh, I can't bet against them, especially against the Rams. Like, you know, I was going to take the Seahaw- Seahawks no matter what, but yeah, I hopefully Russ tears it up on this game. Well, man, I can tell you one thing. I don't think you say you don't think Jared Goff will make that big of a difference. I don't think Cooper Cup's going to make that big of a difference. He really hasn't scored a ton of touchdowns for him, and he's normally been uh, Jared Goff's big red zone target. Uh, he just hasn't scored that much this year uh, you know compared that to years past. Perspective. I, and I know that firsthand from fantasy football, yeah. Uh, so, you know, you know, both these guys coming back from injury – this Rams team, like not really having like a, a clear, consistent rushing leader. I mean, I just, and then you can look at their, their past scores. They've struggled to put points on the board in the last few weeks compared to going like, you know, the, the Seahawks who, who like the bills are kind of getting hot at the right time. Like you just got to go with the momentum. So I think the Seahawks will cover. James, I got to say this. If the Rams somehow do pull off the upset, and John Wolford's under center for the Rams. I think we should get a late Christmas gift for Sam and send it his way because I think that's a gift he would really appreciate if the Rams go ahead and upset the Seahawks in this one. Uh, yeah, no, not at all. Like, James, do you think he would appreciate a John Wolford jersey more? Or do you think maybe if we sent Sam a St. Louis Battlehawks jersey, which do you think he would wear? Well, you know, I was actually uh, talking to Sam not too long ago, and he said that uh, that he really wants to take a trip to SoFi to check out this new stadium. He's really excited about it. He's really <laughs> excited about them just putting down permanent, permanent roots in their new home in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'll be wearing a Chargers jersey because those are pretty fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, they would have to pay you. They would have to pay you for you to have a box for season tickets at the LA Rams Stadium. That's how true you are to the city 100%. of St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy uh, looking at new stadiums. and I always make an effort to kind of drive by the stadium when I'm at a new place. So, I mean, if I'm ever out in LA, maybe, but... I don't see myself getting out there anytime soon. I love it. I love it. All right, we'll move on. Bucks at Washington football team and the Washington football team finishing at seven and nine, hosting a playoff game. The Bucks are an eight and a half point road favorite. And the story, can 43-year-old Tom Brady lead the Bucks to the Super Bowl? Super Bowl 55 is going to be in Tampa, Florida. So it'll all start on Saturday night. And guys, this is actually my upset pick of the week. I like Washington football team to not only cover, I think that they upset the Bucks outright. And it all starts with the front four that the Washington football team has with all of the first rounders on the offensive line. I'm talking about Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Ryan Kerrigan. Those guys absolutely get after the quarterback. And that is Tom Brady's weakness when he's consistently pressured. And at 43 years old, father time catches everyone. Call me crazy. This is my upset pick of the weekend. I like Washington over Tampa Bay. What say you? This was kind of mine too. I really like, 
I just feel like Washington's playing with a chip on their shoulder. You know, you, you saw um, Chase Young come out today saying he wants Brady, all this talk. They really don't have anything to lose. You know, they kind they of represent, they, obviously they represent the East, which has been made tough throughout the whole season. And I think they kind of really want to go in and, and take a beating on to uh, the Bucks. You know, I think that I saw the money line today was plus 324. That's good value here because I think it's possible that the football team really could make some noise here. But I think it's going to come down to that first quarter, that first half, really. If the Bucs get out to a big lead, I don't see Washington coming back at all. If they can keep it to one possession game going in the second half, like anything can happen there. So, you know, as much as I want to take, I don't, it's tough, dude. I'm going to take football team to cover. I don't know if I can take them to win. Yeah, man, dude, Mark, you, you're taking one of our moves. I'm pretty sure Sam and I were picking the football team way early in the season to, to come out with some upsets. And you're it's just, true. I feel like, I feel like you're just pulling one out of the book of Sam and James here. Uh, I don't like, I don't <laughs> think so, man. Like, here's the thing. Philly, Philly literally had to pull Jalen Hurts out of the game to make sure that, that they would lose to Washington. Like, they had to pull their second-string quarterback out of the game to make sure they would lose to Washington so they can get some better, a better draft pick, right? Tom Brady is like Tom – yeah. ba- Tom Brady's better than that. Like, those weapons on Tampa Bay are better. Like, every like, you know, uh, like, give me Antonio Brown over Antonio Gibson every single day of the week. And everything we said about Russ being great in the playoffs, we can say even more things about Tom Brady being great in the playoffs. That's what scares me about this. Brady will be ready, and they, Brady be ready to win this game. But it's I, I like the football team. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I think they're playing with nothing to lose. So that's a dangerous thing going into the playoffs. Sam, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it depends on how this game starts in the sense that if the Bucks get out to an early lead – I don't know how much offense I'm going to get from Washington and Alex Smith. He's been a great comeback story, but he's really playing hurt. So what are you going to throw in Heineke, the backup in there? Because remember Dwayne Haskins isn't on this roster anymore. As far as Brady, he does seem to have found the fountain of youth this season, because if you look at his stats from a year ago compared to this year, it's night and day. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the weapons that he has around them. Speaking of that, though, it depends on how effective is Mike Evans, his star wide receiver who went out in week 17 with the hyperextended left knee. It looked a lot worse than that. He seems to be okay. He was practicing earlier today. We're recording this on Thursday. But another key player up for the Bucs is linebacker Devin White. He's the team's leading tackler. And he's also second on the team with nine sacks this season. So you're going to be without a star defensive player in Devin White and the Bucs. And that's even more reason why I think that the Washington football team is a prime candidate to upset the Buccaneers in the wildcard matchup. Hope you're right, man. We'll see. We'll see. Let's move to the Sunday slate. And we'll start with Ravens at Titans. Sam, your football team is a three-point underdog to Baltimore. And remember, this is a rematch of last year's playoff matchup where the Titans knocked the Ravens out of the playoffs. And so the big question coming into this one, is this going to be yet another season? It would be the third season in a row if the Ravens lose that Lamar Jackson would be one and done as the Ravens starting quarterback. So let's start there. What do you guys think in this one between Ravens and Titans? Sam, I want to start with you. Mark, well, the Ravens are the one team in the playoffs that, other than the Chiefs, they scared me the most. I mean, I think they're playing the best football they've been playing all year, heading to the playoffs. Granted, they 
haven't played anyone too great other than the Browns the past month or so, but they're firing all cylinders, putting up points, and that defense is is right to play. Now, I want to go with the Titans here because they just seem to have their number, but I just it's going to come down to can we stop Lamar Jackson or not? Uh, I think our obviously the Titans, the offense is no longer just a, a Derrick Henry show. Tannehill can show shows that he can put the ball where it needs to be and make plays. I love that they always use the uh, the read option because it works like every time it ha- you know they use it because Derrick Henry is so good. But then Tannehill's not bad on his feet either. So you know, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, this is going this is the one other than the, the Washington where I think obviously I can I can go with the Titans as an underdog and potentially win this game. Kind of surprised me again that they were the dogs here, but I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. Like Ravens, they're going in with a lot of pressure too. So having lost last year to Titans and the year before that, and Lamar still looking for his first playoff win, similar to Josh Allen. So that can kind of, I mean, we'll see how they come out and, and play, but my heart's with the Titans, so I got to go with them. Sammy, I feel like a lot of people are looking at the Browns and Pittsburgh matchup to be like one of the uh, be like one of the games of the of the week, at least for the Sunday slate. But honestly, like this Ravens Titan Titans game, like it's this one that I have circled as the best matchup on Sunday. And then, you know, if, like Mark said, if you're only going to watch one, I think that this one's definitely going to be a brawl. I mean, I think it's just going to be a fun matchup. And there's history from last year too. Mm-hmm. You know, like Lamar coming in so hot, like. And this year too, I mean, and and they knocked him out, and the Titans got hot in the playoffs. So it would be great. Like, how awesome would it be for you as as someone someone who supports the Titans that to know that your team just turns it on during the playoffs? Like, I would love to see that. I'm pulling for the Titans here because I, I would love to see the uh, I would love to see the underdog kind of pulling out again. See the Titans going a little run, but you know, honestly, I I can't really say. Like, I have no idea who's going to win this game. I think right. that's why it's circled as the game that I want to see the most. But Lamar Jackson's a huge X factor. And if the Ravens offense can get going. I mean, Titans beat them earlier this year in OT. And I could see the game going like that again this year. Every time we play the Ravens, there's some bad blood. And it comes down to who has the ball last, usually. So, um, man, I think it's going to be a lot different of a game than it was last playoffs. Low, that was a low-scoring game. We possessed the ball a lot. If you watched any of the Titans game this year, you realize that their defense sucks. They can't stop anyone. So if they can miraculously turn that around and limit and make uh, Lamar Jackson look like he did er- earlier this season rather than the last month of the year, then the, the Titans can win this game. But, I mean, who knows? It's literally a toss-up. That's why I think I'd take the 3.5 points uh, with the Titans. Sam, I'm glad you mentioned the Titans abysmal defense. They only had 19 sacks as a team this year, but listen to my crazy theory. I think that the lack of pass rush might be better in the sense that you need to stop Lamar Jackson by keeping him in the pocket and by containing him instead Mm. of allowing him to run wild. When you've got great pass rushers, a lot of times your pass rushers fly up the field, whether it's a defensive end against a tackle or a defensive tackle up against a guard or center who breaks through the line. I think in that sense, it might actually help the Titans that their pass rush isn't as effective. Now, the Ravens are surging into the playoffs, and I say that with air quotes because let's look at their five consecutive wins. The Cowboys 
The NFC East is terrible. The Browns, a nice story, but that's the best win in this bunch that I'm going to list off. The Jaguars, who have the number one overall pick. The the Monday night game against the Browns was a classic. Mm -hmm. The Giants and then the Jets, neither of which are playoff teams. So I know you can't control who you play, but winning five consecutive games, it's not that impressive. Now, one other thing, too, with the Ravens is they're not going to have their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, who's normally the starter. He went down with a season-ending injury earlier this season, and so the Ravens have been trying to get right, and they have in these last few weeks, but until Lamar Jackson can actually do it, and I know Peyton Manning had a lot of the same criticism early in his career as a member of the Indianapolis Colts, but until he can actually win a playoff game, I'm not a believer. And I'm telling you guys this right now, and you might think that I'm crazy and we'll get to the Browns in a bit, but if the Ravens are one and done again, and somehow the Browns upset the Steelers, which I don't think will happen, but if they do watch how much the conversation changes in terms of who the better long-term option is at quarterback in the AFC North division, Lamar Jackson's entertaining as hell to watch. I'm not disputing that, but he's been a video game quarterback for what we know and for what it takes to have playoff success at the quarterback position in the postseason and what history has shown us in this league. And for all of those reasons, I'm going to take the Titans to cover at plus three against the Ravens. And I think that Derrick Henry is going to have enough juice left, enough gas in the tank coming off a 2,000 yard season. And that guy's, he's, he's impossible to tackle as is, let alone in January, though, let alone in January. Good luck to the Ravens defense. I'm going to pick the Titans, not only to cover, I think they win outright against the Ravens during Sunday afternoon's game. I can't wait. I cannot wait to watch this one. You know, Mark, one of the, I think you made a really interesting point by saying that the Titans lack of a pass rush is actually a strength because it'll make Lamar Jackson throw us out of the hash line. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's, that's been your, that's been everyone's criticism of Lamar all season. And so it's just, I mean, if the Titans win this game for that reason, I think it just exposes Lamar as a quarterback. And honestly, I don't know. You, you could argue that you don't know how much, how much more future he has if he can't improve. This league's crazy. Cause it's like, Last year, we were talking about, well, Lamar won the MVP. But it's it's coming down to, what have you done for me lately? It's not, you know, it's an overreaction league. It's like, you lose, you look bad for a half a season, and then, boom, you're done. They're already talking about moving on. My thing is, who is better? Who would, would you who would you rather have? Like, I mean, we'll, we talked about him earlier. Jared Goff, long-term, or Lamar Jackson? Give me Lamar Jackson every day, any day. He's a game-changing player. And I think it's ridiculous how even if they lose this game, yeah, the narrative is going to be, is Lamar Jackson the future in Baltimore? I think he is still. I mean, you there's so many teams out there that are dying for a franchise QB. And, you know, you, you, ha- you could potentially have one at your fingertips and you're willing to just throw them out the window. I, I don't think they will really do that. But that's going to be the narrative. If they lose this game, can Lamar Jackson can't make it in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. Sam, you're exactly right because it's only his third season in the league. Right. But then in James, the reason why I mentioned that with the Titans is because their pass rush hasn't been good and they tried to make upgrades this offseason. Jadavian Clowney's out with the season-ending injury. And then Vic Beasley, they just let go and they tried to make upgrades this offseason and it didn't work. And so they've they've tried to make do. 
Sam brings up a great point too, in the sense that this isn't just the King Henry show anymore as to what we saw a season ago in route to the Titans run to the AFC championship game before losing to the Kansas city chiefs, the team that eventually won the super bowl. It was let's ride the hot hand. Let's ride Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill's development with the two beasts on the outside, AJ Brown and Corey Davis has been integral for the Titans offense to go. And so James, I, I think you hit the nail on the head in saying this is the matchup of the weekend. If, if I could pick any game, if I could only have one for the entire weekend, this is the one I want to watch. Yes, sir. Get your popcorn ready. I mean, I think it's going to be a good one. We'll go to the next matchup between my Chicago Bears on the road as a 10-point underdog to the New Orleans Saints. And guys, the Bears limping into the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. I know we mentioned the Washington football team at 7-9. and nine. I just want to say this. If I were a Miami Dolphins fan, I'd be sick about this, just considering the fact that my team went 10-6. and six. And then you have two teams in the NFC, the Bears at 8-8, eight and eight, and then the Washington football team at 7-9. and nine. You very nearly had a 6-10 and 10 New York Giants team get into the playoffs as the winner of the NFC East. That didn't happen because the Eagles tank, the Washington football team gets in at 7-9. and nine. But I'm sick if I'm a Dolphins fan watching this. And I will say this as a diehard Bears fan. I don't think there's any chance that the Bears upset the Saints in this one, especially if wide receiver Michael Thomas gets back onto the field for the New Orleans Saints. But guys, I, I don't like my odds in this one. What do you guys think? I have a question for you to start it off. You're a diehard Bears fan. You don't think you're going to win. Here's my question. Do you want to win and give Mitch Trubisky's career like another season? Or do you just want to move on from him? Well, I think that might happen regardless. And James, if I had to predict, if I had a crystal ball, I think that the Bears franchise tag Mitch and keep him around for another year because – What's your option other than Mitch Trubisky? You're paying Nick Foles $8 million a year. Clearly, he's like, say what you want about Mitch, right? He's better than Nick Foles. So you have to pay at least $8 million, at least $8 million. But if if not either of those two guys, what are you going to do? Because you're going to have a first-round draft pick that's in like midway through the first round. So there's not a great option if they bring him back for another year, I think that the window from 2018 is already closed when the Bears had a dominant defense and they lost to Philly in the wild card round. I'm going into the playoffs with cautious optimism. I have no expectations, James, but if you're not going to bring back Mitch, what are you going to do? I don't think there's a great option out there who I can clearly say, oh, yeah, that free agent we would bring in would be better than Mitch or, oh, someone we could get at whatever their draft pick is midway through the first round is going to be considerably better than Mitch Trubisky. So you're kind of doomed either way. Yeah. Even if they end up winning this one. That's just the question. I was just curious. I wanted to just pose it as a question. Because, I mean, like, I look at the Bears and and I'll just be like, man, I want this dude to just throw four picks so so that the ownership and the management can just, like, admit to themselves and the fan base that, that they messed up in drafting him. Well, <laughs> you know what here, I mean? Yeah. We talked about it at the very beginning of the year um, when we had our very first preseason predictions. Nick Foles' contract just makes them stuck. They can't really do much with that. So you're going to have Nick him? Foles on the bench regardless. Could they um, cut him? What? Could they cut him? Do you, if you cut him, do you still pay him that money? 
I mean, whatever is guaranteed on his deal. And I know exactly. it's a, it was a three-year, $24 million deal. So whatever is guaranteed on that. I mean, Mitch has more upside than Nick Foles. I mean, if, if they didn't have that deal with Nick Foles, I would say they should try to go target like a Matthew Stafford or, I mean, maybe a Sam Darnold if they're going to look to – if the Jets are looking to draft him. I don't think the Jets are going to go QB. But, like, if anything, like – I think the sexiest free agent on the market could arguably be Cam Newton. And I know he didn't have a great season throwing the ball, but if you look at Tom Brady's 2019 numbers compared to his 2020 numbers, like there's a huge uptick. So like, let's stop pretending that new England's like a great place to be as a quarterback anymore. It's not. That's Um, fair, James. But He also had like what, like 20 rushing touchdowns. So it's like, yeah, he didn't throw for a lot, but like the dude like ran it in, like ran him in. Yeah. But Cam Newton to the Bears, you're selling me bull crap and telling me it's chocolate. Like at the oh, end no, of the man. day, this you goes back to what this what goes back at to what Sam was saying. At least, it, at least it's an exciting dude. Cam Newton's better. You can't, put, you can't put lipstick on a pig. And that's what it goes back think, to. I don't know. It goes back to the the general management and the coaching and they're clearly not in sync with all of that and that's the problem with the bears because let me let me preface a question for you guys with this other than Allen robinson and i'll throw david montgomery and maybe jimmy graham out there you can have any bears offensive player on your nfl roster do you even want any of them like seriously i could only name a few other ones mooney and uh anthony miller but they're, so, my, my point is, is their yeah. offensive talent, I know the offense played better on the back half of the season, but the offense is so bad. Say what you want about Mitch, it's hard to evaluate him when the offensive line has been as bad as it is. And it's, a, it's not fair to David Montgomery, the running back either. And again, I know they had some great performances down the stretch of the season where they had four or five games where they scored 30 plus points. But it's almost like what my dad calls the September salary drive. And this happens in baseball every year where a team is knocked out of contention at the end of the year. They try to lift their stats and boost their stats in meaningless games to try to generate their value for a contract for the next season. Even if the Bears somehow upset the Saints this season, the Bears have no chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Absolutely no chance. Absolutely none. So this, there's this hype in Chicago that I don't know if the media buys into or it comes from the ownership and the marketing of the team, but it's just a fallacy. The Bears are plus six, plus 6,600 to win Super Bowl 55. The only other team that has lower odds is the Washington football team. There is zero chance, zero chance that the Bears win the Super Bowl this year. So it, it's, it's just, I, and I'm not going to buy into this. I'm not going to buy into this as a Bears fan. I refuse to. And, it, and we're just delaying the inevitable. If it were me, I'd blow the whole thing up because with the roster of the way that it's currently configured, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. You missed your chance in 2018. You didn't yep. take care of business last season and you're limping into the playoffs this year. Good luck. Well, I mean, we like said, we're going to have any, a Mitch any, Trubisky versus Drew Brees matchup in the playoffs, huh? Right? <laughs> any, uh, like, those two shouldn't even belong in the same sentence. <laughs> I think we, I think we kind of. Talk, I mean, the Bears can't really do anything until, like, because they signed Nick Foles to that deal. Like, they're just kind of handicapped. 
But if, if I'm a Bears fan, I really live, you live for this. Your team's in the playoffs. Like, get hyped up. Like, maybe the Saints play terrible and somehow they keep it close. And Sam, Sam, lose. let me let me explain There's something no to you. They're gonna Dude, win, the Bears, the Bears making like the Bears making it into the playoffs this year is like the equivalent of Notre Dame making it into the CFP. It's like you're glad they got there, but you know that they're just gonna get trounced, and it right. hurts you on the inside, and you're like. Do I really want to put myself through this misery and watch the this? The Bears haven't been there like, in a while. Or do I just like DVR it and then like maybe come back to it if they happen to pull up an upset? Like, but Notre Dame, it's honestly, like they, they get there every year and you just know they're not going to do anything. Where the Bears, it's been a few years since they got there. So you know, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about the CFP when we get to the CFP. I was just drawing a parallel, man. It's just those, it's just those Chicagoland teams. They just want to break your heart in the most ruthless way possible. James, with the analogy of the podcast, I'm calling it now. That was an excellent comparison, James, an excellent comparison. I want to say one more thing about the Bears before we move on. The vaunted Chicago Bears monsters of the midway defense, not nearly as dominant as they were when they made the playoffs in the 2018 season. It's not the same. It's just not the same. And when the Packers hang 76 points on you this season and you lose twice to them, it's a broken record. The NFC North goes through Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers yet again. And so, again, this is – I'm not buying the Bears at all. I like the Saints to cover. Really quickly, what do you two guys think in terms of the spread? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about that, that 10 points. But, I mean, it's, it's a lot of points. But, I, I mean, I'm not going to put my money with the Bears, so I guess I'd have to go Saints. Uh, I would agree with Sam on that one. Yeah, so I'm picking the Saints because if the Bears even make it a close game or somehow they do pull off the upset victory, I'll be pleasantly delighted. We'll go to Browns at Steelers, guys. I can't wait for this one for this reason. It has been 18 years since the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. And of course, as soon as they get in, their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, who will probably win coach of the year, or at least is one of the favorites to win. He's out because he tested positive for COVID-19. Two other coaching assistants will also be out. But guys, I think the big loss for the Browns is left guard Joel Batonio. He's a pro bowler, probably an all-pro player. Good luck for the Browns up front, trying to go up against guys like Cameron Hayward, a pro bowl player, and Stephon Tuitt, two elite guys up front for the Steelers. But it's been a long time since the Browns were in the playoffs, guys. I looked this up. At the time, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers was the top movie in the box office, and Eminem's Lose Yourself was number one in the charts for music. So it has been a long, long, long time since the Browns were last in the playoffs. But what do you guys think about this matchup between Pittsburgh and Cleveland? You know, I'm I'm kind of bummed about this because I was really looking forward to the Browns at their best playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers at their best. And it's it's kind of a bummer because now the Browns have a built-in excuse like, Oh, you know, which is a valid excuse that their coaches out their guard, their left guards out. And it's like, they're not going to be able to be at their best against the Steelers, which I think they would have to play, you know, clicking on all cylinders to really beat them. So now it's just like, I don't know. I, it'd be a big surprise if the Browns were to go in to Pittsburgh and win this game. It's just, this was like one of the ones that I was like, look, really looking forward to the Browns may potentially making some noise in the playoffs, but I just don't see this happening. Sammy also too. I know this, this isn't a recent 
injury update. But on top of all of that, they have the uh, Odell going out earlier this season. So it's not like this is a, a fresh Browns team going into I, it. I would say that they're better without Odell. And, and then, but like also too, like when you when you think about it or the way they say, I don't necessarily know if the Browns fans are, and Mark, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think the Browns fans are like going to make this as an excuse for why they lost to the Steelers. I think it's more of them like using it to be like, our, like them saying like our team is literally cursed. Like we finally make it back to the playoffs and what happens? Like our coach is out with COVID-19. Like, are you kidding me? I was going to say you're spot on because in week 16, the Browns lost to the Jets, but in that one, they're down their top four receivers. They're top five. If you count OBJ, who's been out since around the end of October. And so if you count all of those things, Losing to the Jets in week 16, everyone's like, what's going on? Remember, the Jets were going to have the number one pick in the tank for Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And so when they lost to the Jets in week 16, everyone was freaking out of what's going on. Your heart goes out to Joel Batonio, though, because he's the longest tenured Brown. He's been on this team for so long through the Freddie Kitchens era last season, going back to Hugh Jackson. He's been through it all with this team. So to have the opportunity to be in the playoffs and then have that taken away from you has got to eat away at you. And I know the Browns beat the Steelers in week 17, but let me list you through all of the players that were out for the Steelers really quickly in week 17 that did not play, whether through injury or through COVID. Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, TJ Watt, who's going to win Defensive Player of the Year, Cam Hayward, Terrell Edmonds, Chris Boswell, the kicker, Joe Hayden, Eric Ebron, and Robert Spillane. All of those players are due back for the Steelers in this AFC wildcard matchup with the exception of Joe Hayden. And so for that reason, I think that the Steelers not only win, but I think they'll, they'll cover the six-point spread, a spread that moved from four points after the news that Stefanski would be out with COVID-19. But James, you wanted to bring something else in. Hop back in here. Well, I was just going to say too, and, and I know Baker's coach is out, but the dude always seems to play better when people count him out. You know, when they say Baker's done, like he always bounces back with a huge game. I think that would maybe be my favorite storyline. If Baker could bounce back and like pull out a huge one, I would love to see it happen. You have to give the Browns credit for turning the corner. Cause Mark, you said that they're, they're cursed franchise. If the, if they were super like a Browns, a Browns move would have been them losing in week 17 and then not even making the playoffs. So I think there's an, like a lot of those fans are just happy to be there. And they really did turn a corner. And it starts with, with my boy uh, Jarvis Landry, hard knocks, dude. <laughs> he gives that speech. I love it. I, I mean, love it. He really did. He really did like help change the culture there. So it's a fun storyline for the season. It just sucks that this has to happen at, at the worst time. But you knew COVID was going to happen to somebody. It just happened to be the Browns. I'm happy you mentioned that, Sam. The ASC North Division is the NFL's first. Since they realigned the divisions in 2002, three 11 plus win teams. So you get three teams into the playoffs with the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens. And in my opinion, the AFC North is the best division in football for that reason, especially considering the fact that next year or maybe in 2022, you get Joe Burrow back into the mix. You get more talent around him with the Bengals. And you're talking about a really, really dominant division. But James, you were talking about Baker Mayfield. I, I want to go back to that for just a second. He's in his third season as a quarterback. He's had four different head coaches, two of which, one is Freddie Kitchens. The other was Hugh Jackson. 
Hugh Jackson's probably the worst coach in Cleveland Browns history. Freddie Kitchens last season, I'll run you through a few things that happened last year. And I want to relitigate this because this guy was one a head coach of only 32 teams last season. It's not to say he couldn't be a position coach or a coordinator somewhere. These are some of the decisions that he made. He ran the ball on fourth and nine against the Patriots on a fourth and 11 play. He put his punt team out there, took a false start penalty on purpose, puts his offense back out in the field on a fourth and 16 and tries to convert. And he says that because he wanted to keep a timeout. He would have Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. cursing him out on the sidelines. You never see that with a Belichick or with a Sean Payton or with a Pete Carroll. After the Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett brawl last year, he was photographed wearing a Pittsburgh started it t-shirt. Again, you're not going to see Bill Belichick, Sean Payton. You're not going to see guys behave like this as head coaches. So do you want to be the father figure as a head coach and be one of one of 32 coveted positions in this league? Or do you want to be the homeboy? And there's a good reason why the Browns front office said, we're going to get rid of him and we're going to get rid of general manager, John Dorsey. They bring in Andrew Barry from the Eagles, a guy who had been in the Browns front office before. And they bring in Kevin Stefanski, a guy who's an adult and one of the best young coaches in this league. He's up for consideration for NFL coach of the year for bringing this team into the playoffs for the first time since 2002. I remember watching the game when I was a kid. Kelly Holcomb was the starter for the Browns filling in for Tim Couch. That's how long it's been. We were nine years old, you guys. That's how long it's been for Cleveland. So you bring in Stefanski, who has a propensity to run the ball, feed the hot hand in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, something he did the season before when he was the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings and establishing Dalvin Cook on the ground in Minnesota. And you actually have adults running this franchise because we see that they are talented. They have guys like Jarvis Landry. Baker Mayfield has been good. Nick Chubb is one of the top three running backs in this league. On the other side of the football, Miles Garrett, watching him rush the passer, it's like art. So they have some talent on this roster. It's nice to see that it's finally being utilized for a fan base that has just died for a winner for so, so long. I hope it doesn't come down to a Cody Parkey field goal. Yes! I would not be confident in that. Headed into the week 17 game, Sam, he had missed three extra points. We all know about the double doink in Chicago. There was a game earlier in that season, Sam, in that 2018 season when he was the Bears kicker against the Lions. He hit the upright four times in one game. Go play the lottery. Go play the lottery twice. Like, what are the odds of that? I don't know. Same same with Titans. I mean, they, they struggle with their kicking game, too. So it's part of the game. What's your guys' pick at uh, Steelers favored by six? I've got the Steelers covering. What do you guys got? I'll take Steelers. Browns are going to cover. I love it. I love it. Really quickly before we get to the coaching carousel, guys, I think that all three of us would probably be unanimous across the board. Until someone knocks them off, I'm taking the Chiefs. But at plus 200, not the greatest value. I think that the best value overall is Bills plus 700. But if you had to pick a Super Bowl winner headed into the playoffs, which team are you guys picking? Honestly, I like I like Seahawks plus twelve hundred. I mean, the defense has kind of turned a corner in the past, and you you know that that's that offense can definitely make some noise too. So, at that value, it's not bad. I mean, I think the the NFC is wide open. Assuming the Chiefs come out of the AFC, I mean, you have to have an offense that can put up points 
with the Chiefs, which I think Seahawks have that. And you have to have a defense that, that can kind of isolate, slow down Mahomes just enough, and Seahawks could do that. I mean, there's very few teams, I think, that actually can beat the Chiefs. And two of them, I think, from the AFC is the Bills and the Ravens. So if, I think those are the most dangerous matchups for the Chiefs. Packers, I mean, that'd be a good game. I don't know if they can slow down Mahomes, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Kansas City's to lose, really. All right, we will move on to the NFL coaching carousels. We start to begin to wrap up here on Stuck in Misery. And so there are six head coaching jobs available right now. You've got the Chargers, the Falcons, the Lions, the Texans, the Jets, and the Jaguars. And so, James, I'm going to turn things over to you. We'll start with you. If you are a top coaching candidate and you have your pick of any of these six teams, again, the Chargers, Falcons, Lions, Texans, Jets, and Jaguars, and you could have any pick of whichever job you want as a head coach in this league, which of those six teams are you picking? Okay, so, I mean, I'd like to start by more like saying where I wouldn't want to go. And I think that the top two jobs that I wouldn't want would be the uh, the Jets number one. I just feel like that franchise is is hopeless. I just feel like they need so they need so much as far as bringing in players. And I think also too, you're just looking you're looking at a tough media market, and you're looking at a team that's kind of the number two team in that city, anyways. I kind of also have to feel like I kind of also feel that although Herbert is a young quarterback who definitely showed a lot this year there's there's kind of some of those same reasons like the chargers are the number two team in that market i mean if that market really even cares about either through two teams i i don't really know but like the chargers don't have fans so it's gonna be really hard. like you have to build culture not just build a football team but those I unis think, man i think that i think that that's i think that that's gonna be really hard too so truthfully like when i look at this and i'm thinking about like you know what job would i want to go to I mean, I think, I think it's pretty obvious. Like the Texans job is the best one on the table. You have, you no. have, yeah, you have two solid cornerstones that you can build your team on. You have Deshaun Watson, who's still a fairly young quarterback. And then although he's getting older, like JJ Watts, you, you know, you have, you have those two anchors of your, of your offense and your defense, and you have a city that loves your team and you have a city that loves their sports. And I think if you, you're if you're a head coach moving forward like that has to be the place that you want to go and and honestly i kind of think it'd be a no-brainer if they still had hopkins too but they didn't see i wouldn't take the texans because james you don't have your first or second round pick this year they traded those guys away and so i know nick casario is going to take over as the general manager is very highly regarded but you're talking about a turnaround that's going to take at least two seasons because you don't have a fresh batch of talent to help a Deshaun Watson or a J.J. Watt. So, yeah, you've got Deshaun Watson, who's one of the most exciting players. And you see these rumors floating around today of how he might be on the trading block. The only yeah. guy who I would say you could definitely trade Deshaun Watson for would be Patrick Mahomes. And you might think that that's crazy, but that's how talented Deshaun Watson is at the quarterback position. So I don't think that they're last among those six teams, James, but you don't have a first or second round pick to be able to help the guys out who are currently on the roster. That's when, yeah, but but still, like if you're you're a head coach and you're going in, like it's almost like it almost lowers expectations those first couple of years, you know? And like, I think any decent coach can get more than four wins out of that team. 
I mean, James, I'm with you. I would say Texans probably are probably is the best job just with, like you said, I mean, this Sean Watson, but I, I also think Chargers job's not bad either. They have a lot of pieces on offense and that's solid defense too. And I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, you're in a tough division. Yeah, but if, but if you're going up against the Chargers, seven, so you're going to, you're going to go and get your, your, your butt kicked by the chiefs for I'm your about entire to say career. That with, with the seven seed. Now I wouldn't be nearly as worried about, about that having played them twice. Um, you still have Broncos and Raiders. So you, and you, you played Chiefs decent this year, too. I mean, I think that's not a bad job. If you want the glory, though, if you want the glory, go to the Jets. And if you turn that franchise around, I mean, you'd be a living legend. I, I agree, I, Sam. And that, that opportunity is there because you've got right. $71 million in cap space, two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and two third-round picks. So the Jets, yes, historically have been terrible. And James, I do think you bring up a great point. If you haven't lived in a major media market, like say a New York or Chicago, you really don't know what it's like to be the second team in town. And the Jets are clearly the second team in town behind the New York Giants. So you're facing that dilemma. But you have a blank canvas. And speaking of blank canvases, that's why I think the Jaguars might be the top job available. Yeah, we're not sure. Yes, because... I don't Trevor, know, man. Yes, would, you get would, Trevor would, Lawrence, who's going to be a generational quarterback. But they're not so sh- relevant, dude. The Jaguars are just not like no one ever talks about the Jaguars. Like, I mean, they, maybe they did. They did that one. They did that one season when they had Ramsey. Exactly. And I mean, they, they they're, they're, the facilities the aren't nearly as good. Like, I don't know. I, speaking I, of the bad. blank canvas, you don't have the media pressure on you that you would have in New York. You've got seventy-five million dollars in cap space two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-round pick. So I'm getting potentially five really good players from this upcoming draft, including Trevor Lawrence, in the sense that we don't know he's going to be a home-run pick, but he's like the most sure thing we've seen at the quarterback position, maybe since like an Andrew Luck. You know know this, though, that it it starts at the top, and the Jaguars have an owner that really – he doesn't seem that passionate, doesn't seem like he really – cares all that much i mean like you, you kind of said about the bucks like earlier this season how they just are always been it's a pitiful franchise and i feel like the jaguars can kind of fall into that category where they just they they're just never relevant this was a team that was in the afc championship game like yeah, two years ago sam year. that was like a blip on the radar When's they had the a really dominant defense this season you bring in Trevor Lawrence and you'd bring in some talent around him. You've got the cap space to do it. You could easily rebuild this to where we're talking three or four years from now. They're back in the AFC championship game. Yeah, but you got Texans. But didn't, dude, didn't you just away. say, so yeah, you, just said, you just said, dude, the Texans are like two <laughs> yeah. years away. All right. Three, well, they don't four, have the picks. Years? The Texans don't saying, have the picks. All I'm saying is that if you're choosing a team because you get to draft Trevor Lawrence, and that's the reason why, then take the Houston job because you have right. Deshaun Watson and you know what you're getting. You have more picks to surround the quarterback yeah, with talent. Are, Deshaun Watson pick. can't throw to himself. There's risk. They have decent receivers, Cooks and Will, Will Fuller, Fuller never stays healthy, take, Sam. Fuller, take, as talented just, as he is, and he is the best ability is availability. He doesn't stay healthy. You guys know he this also, from your fantasy got, football he league. He also got nailed for PEDs. Okay, well, I'm not arguing. You're further proving my point, James. I'm not but, arguing uh, that, like, they, that, you know, you hang your hat on, on a fuller, but I'm saying just because you have a bunch of picks, you still have to turn those picks into a productive product on the field. I mean, there's numerous times there's people in the top 10 that they're out of the league in five years. It's like, okay, I'm happy you mentioned so, this, Sam. Of, 
there's more foundation there at the Texans. You know, I'm a creative guy. And so I think the Jags and the Jets are two blank slates. If you want to go to a canvas that's a little bit more painted, a little bit more developed, then I think you have the allure of the Chargers job in the sense that they have a lot of young talent on the roster, starting with Justin Herbert, but you've got Austin Eckler, who's 25, Derwin James, who's going to be back from injury, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Melvin Ingram, Kenneth Murray, the 13th pick, and you've got $30 million of cap space. So you've got some money to spend to be able to make some upgrades with the Chargers. Yeah, I know you're going to go up against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, but you've got an expanded playoff format and you've got those just beautiful, beautiful powder blue jerseys. I think the Chargers job is very appealing as well. I would say the two that aren't as appealing are the Falcons and the Lions, mainly just because there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the most important position in sports. I mean, thinking about Matthew Stafford, he could leave this year. And then Matt Ryan has only got a a few more years on that contract. So they're really, and they're not really in a, I guess the Falcons are in position to draft the quarterback, but they still have at least a couple of years, Matt Ryan. So the chances are of them, I mean, to trade him or draft the QB, but they're probably going to have him for at least a couple more years. I saw a draft projection. I think maybe today that that was saying that Justin Fields was going to drop number to number 15 and go to new England. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if that, if there's any like, resemblance of truth in that in that analysis like I think you could say that that the Falcons and the Lions are both in position to take a quarterback if they wanted one well I think that they would have to make deals in the sense that I Mm -hmm. think Stafford might be out in Detroit could Stafford maybe be on the move this offseason to a New Orleans if Drew Brees retires to an Indianapolis Colts team if Phillip Rivers retires and so those are two potential landing spots Ryan's under contract, so the Falcons are really stuck with him. They have a potential out in 2022, but they're stuck with him for at least the next season under contract through the 2023 season. He's 35 years old. You kind of know what you have with him as a quarterback at this point in time in the sense that you're kind of stuck there because the Falcons as well, this is really important. They They don't have the cap space. They're $25 million over the cap, so it's not like they're going to have a lot of cap space to go out and sign a good free agent to make upgrades on their roster. I mean, look at look at the situations where with the Chiefs, where they had Alex Smith, he was a serviceable quarterback, but they got Patrick Mahomes, they sat him, and then they parted ways with their older quarterback. You know what I mean? So if you're if you're the Falcons, and you have the number three pick, why wouldn't you think for the future towards the quarterback position if you think that that's where you need to go? I think if I think if hypothetically the Falcons went out and drafted Justin Fields. I don't think anyone could really criticize that draft pick. Yeah, it's the fourth pick, James, for the Falcons. The Dolphins are at three, but I I hear what you're saying in terms of you draft a guy, sit him, and then maybe it rejuvenates Matt Ryan too, a lot like with what the Packers did this offseason and drafting Jordan Love behind Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers seems to have found the fountain of youth and is probably going to win league MVP. I mean, you could always bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, that's always. <laughs> <a solution too. laughs> yeah. I mean, but but I feel like also, I feel like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones have never had like amazing chemistry. I mean, Julio Jones, I I just feel like for the longest time has had struggles getting in the end zone. So it's like, Julio Jones, I don't know how old he is off the top of my head, but it's like I feel like he's been in the league for a while now. If you are gonna try to like capitalize on having like a marquee receiver on your team, like. Wouldn't you want to think quarterback sooner rather than later? I don't know. That's just. 
I mean, it, that's it's, just my this thought. is why I love the draft so much because like each team values the quarterbacks completely differently. I think this year is going to be a lot of that. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the best one there, but like, I don't think everyone's really sold on Justin Fields as his number two. I'm going to hear a lot of hype about Zach Wilson, the dude from BYU, and then that other dude from uh, North, North Dakota State. Depends how much you value each of these players. I think Justin Fields' storyline is heavily weighted in the outcome and his performance against Alabama, which I think, Mark, is an excellent transition. Really quickly, you mentioned the Falcons as a potential landing spot for Justin Fields. And remember, he played at the start of his college career at Georgia before transferring to Ohio State. What if the Miami Dolphins at number three drafted Justin Fields and supplanted Tua a lot like what the Arizona Cardinals did in drafting Kyler Murray, supplanting Josh Rosen. Just something for you guys to think Again, about. I, think I don't, uh, ridiculous, I don't think I so. I think, I think Miami's going to go wide receiver. We're going to get I into the NFL drafted in a future podcast, but there's a great. lot to discuss beyond Trevor Lawrence going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But yes, we will go to the national title game on Monday night. So you've got a packed weekend Three wild card games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then the national title game on Monday night, Alabama against Ohio State. Alabama, an eight-point favorite with the Heisman winner, Devonta Smith. Guys, I'm going to take the Crimson Tide to win and to cover in this one. We'll see what Ohio State can do. They pulled off the upset against Clemson, but I just think no one's beaten the Crimson Tide this season. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So that's what I have to say, so – uh, you know what, Mark? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue with you on this one. All right, I'll say it. Like, so are you saying Ohio State would have beat their game like by Ohio 30, State. 40? Ohio State, Ohio State. I can't wait to where if that does happen, James. Everyone's gonna be so angry that Ohio State played a shortened season. They were fresher. They didn't have to play as many games. They couldn't get tripped up. They don't. Their team's not as beat up and injured. It's just like. College football exists for the sake of argument. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, I really liked what I saw against Clemson. I thought they came out. Like, my biggest concern with Ohio State after watching that game was that, you know, they did that little uh, that little clip where they showed that they had the Ohio State-Clemson score from last year on their uh, in their weight room all year. Like, we've, we've all – I mean, you and I have played football, Mark. Like, you know what that does to a team when you look at that year yeah, in and year out. And they, and they got back to it. And uh, – and I think my, my biggest concern for that team was that they all of that that performance was built up because it was a revenge game and that, you know, they got up and then they're going to and they're going to regress in the national championship. You know, beating Clemson was more important than winning the national championship. I think one thing we can all root for is that the headset Nick Saban is given at halftime. I hope it goes out again just to see his reaction. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. All right. Joke did not land at all. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Final thoughts before signing off here on Stuck in Misery. Tighten up. Yeah, sure. Let's tighten up. <laughs> tighten up. For James West and Sam Wrench and I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. Go leave us a five-star review. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. Take care. So long, everyone. Enjoy Wildcard Weekend. We'll see you next time. So long, everybody.